0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode eight of the Comic Cast. I'm your host Ryan from Comic Comics, and today I'm joined by Sebastian, who will be discussing some of his thoughts on some of our topics today. While I talk everything comics, TV shows, movies, etc. With that said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the Comic Cast. So, before I start this podcast, I want to do a quick spoiler alert for those of you out there who don't want to, you know, kind of run into spoilerish content while listening to this podcast. I'm going to try to stay away from spoilers content in general, but I just want to let you know some of the topics we're going to be talking about that way if there are certain things you want to skip forward to you can do so. So before we jump into this we're going to talk a little bit about that. So the first couple topics we're going to be talking about are obviously Spider-Man Far From Home and the big box office. We're going to go into Marvel's Infinity Warp series. We're going to be talking about a big comic book information drop about Captain America and Wolverine. We're then going to talk about Thor 4 and some major things coming up with that. We're also going to talk about the Titans poster that was released for San Diego Comic-Con which has some interesting teasers on it, as well as some cast that's going to be returning for season two. We're going to talk a little bit about Supergirl in season five, the Disney Plus series Mandalorian, and this week's weekly shout-out. So with that said, let's just jump right into what we're going to be talking about today. So starting off, we're going to talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay, so Spider-Man Far From Home is at about $861 million at the box office. And I mean, this is its second week in. I mean, it dominated the first week it was in box office. Totally I think it was close to $400 after its first week. It came in Tuesday. It ran through Sunday, and, I mean, it knocked it out of the park. What's interesting about that is that there's a rumor going around that it has to reach a billion dollars for Marvel to be able to produce the third film for Sony. If not reaching the billion-dollar mark through its, you know, progression in the theaters, then all of those rights will revert back to Sony. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to say I'm happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me on. No problem. Secondly, I'm going to be honest, I follow the movie business a lot because I I love film and I like looking into this kind of stuff. And from my understanding of it and how all of this stuff works, this rumor is basically unsubstantiated. right. Like, it just doesn't match the facts at all. I mean, I can imagine a deal about Spider-Man making a certain amount of money for Sony being part of the original negotiations for it. But the idea that that deal is just going to end if Far From Home underperforms, especially when it's already made like $800 million, is patently absurd especially when you consider how badly Sony's been doing in the movie business lately. Yeah. Like, their their studio hasn't been all that profitable for years. Yeah. Like, they've just been grasping at anything. I mean, this is the same studio that had to greenlight the Emoji movie.
0: This is true. I mean, I have seen some couple ones going out of Sony, I mean, the Venom movie, Spider-Man and the Spider-Verse. Those are some good ones that they've done, but I totally agree with you on that. Just look at some of the Spider-Man movies that Sony has done and how those have kind of failed to meet expectations. I mean, The Amazing <laughs> (laughs) Spider-Man series I mean I liked that series in general but you know it it just didn't fit in with the audience the audience just didn't really connect with it like they do with Tom Holland and I mean I feel this success comes from in part working with Marvel
1: right well I think that's an interesting point about this because like that's the other problem with this idea that they would leave because the question would be then what's the alternative like to a Tom Holland Spider-Man are we going to get another live action reboot is Tom Holland just going to work for Sony and never meet the Avengers again yeah I mean that doesn't really work considering how much his story is tying into living up to their legacy Yep. I mean especially in far from home which is partially about his trauma dealing with Iron Man's death
0: yeah that's that so, very true I mean, I mean we get to really dive into that and in, uh, spider-man far from home I don't want to spoil it too much for those of you who haven't seen it this will be the last podcast I do where I do not spoil spider-man far from home so if you haven't seen it I recommend going and seeing it but yeah I mean it'll be interesting to see where they go I know they've got like a Morbius film Sony does in production that they're doing as well as Venom 2 I think they were doing something with a couple other characters we're
1: probably getting a Spider-Verse 2
0: yeah I mean I would love to see yeah. something with that and even if you know Tom Holland did end up reverting back to the you Know the Sony universe, it would be cool to see a crossover in the Venom film that they got I coming mean, that'd be up. Pretty
1: interesting, yeah. I mean, it'd be kind of weird because their version of Venom has nothing to do with, with Spider Man, yeah. So, like, yeah,
0: I could totally. I, don't know. See, I was thinking about that when I'd first seen the Venom movie. I'm like, the original costume has the Spider Man logo on his chest, whereas in the actual Venom movie, it's just got the weird white tendril yeah, type it's veins. Just kind of a,
1: the, the Venom movie is very weird yeah. from a concept, like Venom's just one of those characters that kind. It doesn't really work without his hero, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, the movie was okay-ish. I mean, it certainly wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. But, I mean, it's clear that this character really isn't Venom as related to Spider-Man. Not yet, yeah. It's more like a new character named Venom.
0: Right. It'll be interesting to see if they do end up bringing him in. I know there's rumors going around that he could be possibly showing up. Tom Holland could be showing up in um, either Venom 2 or the third one because he signed on for a trilogy. (laughs) So, it'll be interesting to see that. I'm super excited to see where... You know, Spider-Man, Far From him goes from there, especially with, you know, the things that happen in the film. Again, I don't want to spoil that for anybody. But, uh, yeah, there's some big things coming from Marvel, not only in the, the movie universe, but in the comic universe as well. One of the bigger things that I'm super excited for is the Marvel's Infinity Warp series, because we finally get to see a Secret Warps, play off Secret Wars, obviously, in the comic book series, Infinity Warps, and they actually just declared their own Civil War event. So we're seeing kind of a bunch of stuff going on where we're going to see a six-issue series for the Secret Warps where Soldier Supreme and Iron Hammer go toe-to-toe in this, I guess, what they call a mergiverse. I mean, I'm not a big fan of that name. I was thinking it was yeah, going to be like the Warp Universe or something like that. But right. what are your thoughts on the uh, Marvel's Infinity Warp series that they got
1: going Wait, on? I, I'll admit, I don't have too much experience Like with this series. I haven't read it. i have kind of behind on comics, to be right. honest. Most of the stuff I've been reading is Transformers and Power Rangers lately. <laughs> But uh, if people are excited for it, I mean, more power to them.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, with Soldier Supreme, that's obviously a mix between Captain America and um, Doctor Strange, and then Iron Hammer oh, wow. is a mix yeah, okay, between so Iron what Man and Thor. I was it was. I yeah. was like,
1: okay, is this like Heroes fused together? Yeah.
0: So basically in that, if you guys haven't um, heard of uh, the Infinity War series, it's basically um, a series where the characters of the Marvel Universe get crunched into, like they take two different characters from the Marvel Universe and they crunch them together. Had something to do with the Infinity Gauntlet and all this other stuff and it just condensed characters down. You know, it uh, ends up mixing these characters together and at the end of this six-issue series, they had a bunch of solo series like Ghost Panther. Panther, that was my favorite, where they oh, mix cool. Johnny Blaze and Black Panther. I'll have
1: to check this out. Yeah.
0: Weapon <laughs> Hex, Arachnite, which was a mix between Spider-Man and Moon Knight. So there's a bunch <laughs> of cool characters that we got to see in that series. Arachnite
1: and, sounds like something that would have actually happened in the 90s as a series. Right.
0: <laughs> and, you know, that'll be interesting to see where they go with this. I mean, I'm super excited to see where they take this, considering there's going to be a main villain who kind of causes this Civil War event between them we don't know who that is yet Uh, there's rumors that it's a really cool character you know kind of two of the main Marvel I guess villains mixed together so it'll be interesting to see who's kind of behind the uh, I guess the veil when it comes to that but with other big comic drops we got one in the comic series that blew a lot of people's minds and that was that the project that helped create Captain America project rebirth actually also helped create Create Wolverine, Not the same serum, but the same people, the same government officials who were invested in Project Rebirth actually helped create Wolverine. I mean, you look at this, I think it was in Wolverine and Captain America, it was like Weapons Plus issue number one. We got to see this reveal where, you know, Wolverine was subjected to the same program that created Rogers. And with that, you know, we had Rogers revealed as Weapon 1, whereas Wolverine is Weapon X. Do you follow any of those comic yeah. series? What are your thoughts on oh, yeah, I mean, that? I follow
1: Captain America much. He's actually my favorite Marvel hero. He's been since I was like four. But to be honest, the biggest, the most surprising thing about this to me is that I don't know. Going back on my experience with the comics, like I don't remember this being a surprise. Like I, I feel like this was revealed like a couple, maybe even decades ago. Right. You say that, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's how it's been. Right. I mean, I could be wrong about that, and like thinking about one of the cartoons or something. Yeah. Kind of remember that being a plot point in the if you remember the X Men Evolution cartoon yeah. from the early 2000s. Hmm. Like I remember them have an episode about that and so maybe that's what i'm remembering but i, I feel like this was always like he was always involved in this
0: and it's interesting you know it was some big thing that you know just kind of hit and people were really surprised honestly right. you know looking for the next version of the super soldier i mean it's not hard to connect captain america oh, yeah. and wolverine oh, yeah. no, it team makes, up all it the makes time. perfect sense yeah
1: of course it could also just be that people forgot because i mean comics are long and vast
0: yeah and you get retconned and all that other yeah. stuff and things are inconsistent like, yeah I totally feel that. But, you know, it's interesting to see that because, I mean, the series that I was reading for this, you know, you get to see how Rogers and you know, Logan, they just have this connection. Because, I mean, they are kind of similar in, you know, mind. I mean, just who they are as people and what they're fighting for and, you know, their beliefs In a and lot stuff. of ways, it's, yes. Yeah. So it's, it's really cool to see that. And it's like, hey, my past is kind of soaked in the blood of all these other people that, you know, came after me. And it's mm-hmm. just kind of this big revelation for Captain America. It's like, what. Whoa. didn't see that coming. I
1: can say I'm not sure I've ever seen that version of it, like, see, like examining the situation from Captain America's perspective. Yeah, I mean, that's got to like, be That's rough. a very interesting idea. Yeah. I also think another thing that's important to bring up here is part of the reason they might be making such a big deal out of this is that might be part of how they put the mutants into the movies.
0: Yeah, I mean, that is true too. I know that they've been kind of teasing a lot of different things for characters, especially from comics to movies. I mean, you look at the new adaptation of the X-Men series and we get a look at Mr fantastic who looks a lot like John Krasinski things like that where we see those kind of tie ins from the yep. comics into the series in the comic series I was talking about my last podcast we got to see Frost kind of use her abilities to kind of erase the fact that the X-Men and mutants existed in the main Marvel comic book timeline so that was also really cool too because we are talking about how that could kind of play into what they're doing now or if even if it's just a different universe in the MCU, since in Spider-Man Far From Home, we, you know, see in the trailers and stuff that they introduced the multiverse. So, I mean, that'll be really interesting to see how they kind of take the comics and kind of shape ideas for for the movie-verse in right. general. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be really cool. I mean, we got a lot of big things in the pipeline for the MCU in general. I know they finally announced that they're going to be doing a Thor 4 movie, which not a lot of people thought were going to happen, even though Chris Hemsworth is like, yeah, I'm up for like, doing I whatever. I don't know why people
1: wouldn't think it was going to happen. It was basically teased at the end of Endgame.
0: Right. And, I mean, even with that, I mean, a lot of people think that Thor will appear in Guardians 3 before he appears in Thor 4. And, I mean, that would be really cool because we'd kind of see, like, yeah. an Asgardians of the Galaxy type thing, which would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, I
1: think I think that's, yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I mean Chris I think, Pratt versus Honestly, you know, Chris the best Hemsworth. thing about Thor 3 was how much, like, Guardians of the Galaxy it yeah. was, if we're being honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, they they kind of stepped up that humor, and granted, you know, they could probably step it down a little bit as far as, you know, like, the humor goes, and kind of mix, I guess, like, Thor 2 and Thor 3 together to get a nice blend for Thor 4 because yeah. a lot of people, they really liked the new Chris Hemsworth's Thor Mm-hmm. because he was more comical like the Guardians of the Galaxy but a lot of people were like he's too comical like he's not a serious character anymore yeah. like he is in the comics so like having that nice mix I where mean, he's funny as but a, serious as,
1: as serious as a space viking with a magic hammer can be right exactly
0: <laughs> so I mean we end up having the director from the Thor movie Thor 3 yeah. Thor Ragnarok coming back which is gonna be really cool
1: I'm probably most glad about that I mean with Tiger that Titi's an incredible director
0: yeah I mean it'll be really cool to see him back and kind of see which direction he's going to go into with that and I know I was looking at some of the possible villains that they could be having for Thor for because that was a main thing for me I'm like okay who are we going to see I mean we had Hela in the last one I mean who's going to kind of top this and then I was looking at some stuff online and it was in the same article talking about him being the new director and stuff and they were talking about a possible rumored villain and how it could be Amora the Enchantress which would be really cool because in the comics you know her and Thor have like, quite a bit of history yet, which yeah. has honestly
1: surprised me, because I've always kind of considered her one of, like, the quintessential Thor villains. Right. Like, she even works as, like, a background villain. I, mean, I guess Loki's kind of been filling that role for the most part, so she would be kind of redundant in that regard. Yeah. But now that Loki's kind of in a weird place right now. Right. Dead.
0: He's Yeah, he's dead in the main Marvel universe, but in the Disney Plus series, which is a different universe, where he escapes from 2012, he's in this other universe, right. so which it's I,
1: like... I kind of imagine the Loki series is going to be about how he gets back into the main
0: right how like, he gets or at the very least the main it's gonna end with that yeah cause like, the Loki that we like, know and love imagine. is unfortunately dead it's, I mean the, I don't
1: know it's, it's weird
0: yeah the one that had all that character development from Thor 2 and Thor 3 we're back to where we were with you know him in 2012 so we'll get to see <sighs> that villainous you know Loki again which a lot of people are excited for everybody who's yeah. a big fan of Loki and Tom Hiddleston it's like we get to see him go back to his roots as a character kind of see how he's gonna to change and how he's going to get back to where he was. I mean, the whole interesting thing about the time travel concept that they put in in Endgame was the fact that you can't go back and change your own timeline. It creates a branch timeline so I'm like, that's kind of interesting because I guess with the new Black Widow prequel we got coming up, that means that in some timeline where Loki escapes and he escapes with the space zone, there's a version of Black Widow that never died because they never went to Vormir and Thanos died in the past so he never came to kill yeah, it, half the planet yeah, it, so it's it, it like
1: raise a lot of, it yeah. raises a lot of very strange questions yeah
0: it's like where are they gonna go from here now that we've got this I mean we got so, the WandaVision show which yeah. is like well, how's that gonna take place Vision's dead so is that another timeline how are we yeah. how are we gonna deal with that I mean, this,
1: is, this is starting to get incredibly complicated
0: and then we're gonna introduce freaking you know the multiverse so it's okay, like
1: like at this rate we're gonna have to have a crisis on infinite earths for Marvel right just smash it all together
0: yeah I mean <laughs> I mean, that'll be interesting to see. We'll get to see, like, something like Battle World. That would be really cool where, you know, all the yeah. universes kind of crash together and we get to like, see Doctor Sh- Doom. And... Sure, Sh- if
1: they're bringing in, like, the X-Men stuff, they could do an Exiles series. Yeah. That'd be a great idea.
0: I mean, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. I'm super excited, honestly, to see what kind of villains and stuff that they do come up with that. I mean, I think one of my favorite ones that I talked about in my last podcast was Doctor Doom mm-hmm. and how they're looking at bringing in Hugh Jackman. Oh, wow. Possibly being... Doctor Doom, which, I mean, honestly, that'd be really cool. I mean, there's not a lot of movies I can think of other than, like, Chappie and stuff, where he actually plays a villain. So, I mean, yeah. it'd be really interesting to see him I'm, play this...
1: I'm honestly not sure how I feel about
0: that. Right? I mean, you like, think about it, you're like, well, I mean, we can't obviously see him as Wolverine. I mean, it's just, I mean, you know, yeah. he's getting older, and that physical, yeah, you know, the shape of like, him that's is... That's just not gonna work. Yeah, but, but uh... Doctor like, Doom? I mean, I could totally see Hugh Jackman as a villain in the MCU.
1: Yeah, I mean, if that's what happens, it'd be interesting to see but I don't know. I'm, I kind of feel like I'd have to know have more to right. certainly feel about that. Yeah. It's kind of, I don't know, it's like my brain is just kind of like,
0: what? What? <laughs> yeah, what's going on there? I mean, they've got a lot of interesting Ooh. casting coming up that I've talked about in my last couple of I series. Mean, the
1: like... Marvel the Marvel Cinematic Universe's uh, secret weapon has always been yeah. their casting director. That's like the unsung hero of this whole thing is all their casting directors Cause... making all these decisions and just making the perfect choices yeah. for exactly the characters they want to put on the screen and the way they want to portray them.
0: I mean, we look at a lot of those like going back, we're like, oh gosh, I don't want to see this character playing this character or, you know, this actor playing this person. I, mean, I, mean, I, can't,
1: I can't even remember the last time that happened in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Right. I'm not, not, I'm not even sure it ever has come to think of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's just, you know, lots of people. I mean, especially, I know there's the whole Brie Larson situation. You know, people are not oh, yeah, but, too happy with her casting. But I mean, I love, yeah, you know, her was, as Carol Danvers. I mean, were just, she's spot just a bunch on. a of
1: people who don't understand I don't I don't want to get too bad, right but
0: like yeah no I, I totally feel that and, yeah. I mean their casting is always spot on they always yeah. do what's needed needs to be done and I mean I would love to see you know just how they're going to cast the X-Men in the uh, mm-hmm. the MCU in the next right. five to seven years and where they're going to go with phase four and I mean possibly seeing Nova and all these yeah. other main characters come in I mean even possibly Namor. I mean that was teased kind of well, I, mean, I, I guess I, teased. if they make
1: a Fantastic Four I, I can't imagine Namor will stay on. Out of it for Yeah. Long.
0: Right. It'll at be least he better
1: not, because I'm really tired of seeing Fantastic Four movies where the only villain is Doctor Doom.
0: Exactly. I was talking about that in a podcast as well, where I'm like, he needs to stop being a one-off like, character. He's the best.
1: I, he is. Un, he's like arguably the best supervillain in comics. But, exactly. Like, I, come on. This is getting like Superman fighting Lex Luthor in the movies. Levels of ridiculous. Yeah. Probably worse, honestly, because at least Superman had Zod a couple times. Yeah.
0: So with that, I mean, you know, if they do do Fantastic <laughs> Four, I totally agree. They got to come up with a different villain and make yeah. Doctor Doom. Doom, kind of a bigger art character right. like they did Thanos. I mean, I would yeah. love to see a God I mean, Doom she, come in, like, into let, the let's series. Be real.
1: like, Doctor Doom could easily be the villain of an Avengers movie. Yeah, easily.
0: Like, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that and where they go. I mean, I know that the Marvel universe has it down pat, but as if we're talking about other universes here, there are some universes that don't have it down pat, and if I'm going to point new fingers, it would be DC. And, I mean, the DC movie versus granted, it's getting better with newer movies like Shazam and yeah. the new Black Adam movie they're going to be doing and all these other things. Those are kind of bringing it back from... It's a
1: very strange position. I could, yeah. I could talk for hours about all of that. Yeah, like,
0: it's, it's it's interesting so to see with that because the movie-verse, you know, it's getting there. But, I mean, honestly, I think the TV universe that they got going on on the series well, in general, is it's kind like of... Like
1: for the DC TV Yeah, the DC TV Yeah, universe. like, I'll, I'll be honest, probably one of the top five biggest mistakes DC movie-verse has made so far is not being in continuity with the TV universe, right? Because like they cut themselves out of so many beloved characters and actors in yep. this thing. I'm pretty sure everybody can agree that Grant Gustin is better at the Flash than Ezra. Totally, Ezra Miller. I mean, exactly. granted, not to blame Ezra Miller considering Orson Welles couldn't have made that work.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, they so. definitely have some interesting things on their plate. I mean, I mean, just looking at like the Swamp Thing series, even though that was canceled. I mean, I've fallen in love with the Swamp Thing series. I really like it. And I mean, Titan season one wasn't the best, but Titans. Season two looks like it's really coming kind of I mean, full circle.
1: It's not uncommon for TV shows to have kind of a weak first season because right. they're still trying to figure out how to write these characters and really get their voice out and figure out the direction of the series. Yeah. Like, and I can not think of like a couple series where I'd say season one is one of the better seasons.
0: And with that, I mean, I know the Titans poster for San Diego Comic Con, which they're going to be selling there, the limited edition posters that they're doing actually teased Superboy's partner in heroics or whatever you'd want to call yeah. it crypto. So, so that was really cool. I'm, I'm a big fan of Crypto and Superboy. Oh yeah. Boy, so,
1: Crypto's awesome. Yeah, like getting seriously. to see
0: them in um, Titan Season Two is gonna be really cool. I mean, we're gonna be seeing a lot of characters kind of pop in to Titan Season Two, as well as returning. We're gonna get to see Superboy and Crypto, Aqualad, Wonder Girl, Batman, like an actual Batman, not a weird like oh this is a test type thing. We're gonna yeah. see you know Robin's Nightwing. We're gonna see Jericho, Deathstroke, Ravager, Mercy Graves. We're wow all these different characters like pop into there as well as the return of like Hawk and Dove Jason Todd's Robin Trigon I mean we're going to see all these major heroes and villains like pile up and I'm like whoa what are they going to be doing in this series sounds like
1: the only person missing is Mr. Mixus Spicklick. I don't
0: Spicklick, yeah <laughs> and with that I mean Titans season 2 is just it's it's packed it's got a lot of stuff and I totally agree with you on the fact that they needed to stand continuity with the TV verse yeah. because I mean you look at the marvel tv verse and the the movies and i mean i don't know how many times plug daredevil in a marvel movie i mean they talked about that in freaking spider-man far from home how there was easter eggs for daredevil and i mean how they referenced the events in daredevil and all these other series of the main marvel timeline Right, and I mean that makes it work.
1: Yeah, yeah, and again, it's it's just it's honestly kind of strange when you think about it yeah. that they're not connected because their TV stuff is so successful. Yeah, like in its own terms, it would be so easy to have just said they're connected. Yeah, I mean, granted, there's a lot of aesthetic choices that don't make sense between them. At least if you go back to like the Batman versus Superman and Zack yeah. Snyder era of this movie verse, like it's kind of hard to imagine Grant Gustin running around that version of the DC universe. Right, but I mean, it was doable. Yeah, and it certainly would have. Like, it certainly would have probably had a lot of more people on board with it.
0: You know, that might also have something to do with the fact that it's the CW's Arrowverse that they had separated. I know, like, series like Swamp Thing and Titans and stuff, they're kind of in their own, like, DCU universe, which is cool. Yeah. But, I mean, we got, like, three different DC, or technically four different DC universes. Now we have the Arrowverse, we've got the DC Extended Universe, which is the TV series, and then we've got, like, the Batman versus Superman universe with everything leading up to, like, like Aquaman and then Aquaman Wonder Woman and Shazam are in their own universe now the standalone films. Yeah, leave so leave like- it to
1: DC to have complicated dimensional shenanigans. Yeah.
0: With uh, with that, I mean, it's it's interesting to see where they're going to go with that. I know that they've got James Gunn. He's on board to help the DCU kind of get back on yeah. track with Suicide Squad 2 and yeah, which, all that stuff. I think that's a great thing. Yeah. I mean, maybe, you know, they'll finally just, bring the successes from Marvel over to DC with directors, I actors. Mean, that, that might actors. be a
1: bit too much to hope for. Yeah. I'm going to warn you now. But at the same time, it's it should certainly make it better because, I mean, James Gunn is just incredibly talented. Yep. Screenwriter is his main ability like that's that's where he shines yeah so, I mean, he, he could easily make a good Suicide Squad, yeah. too. Especially when you remember that, like, he got a lot of his start doing, like, trauma films, which I don't know if anybody knows what those are, but the trauma is like this crazy exploitation movie company from the 80s. Made stuff like the Toxic Avenger, and if you find any of them, watch them. They're all great. Viewer discretion is advised.
0: Right. And, I mean, even with that, I mean, you look at, you know, some of the DC, like the Arrowverse series, like Supergirl. And, I mean, I love the fact, I mean, Supergirl is probably one of my favorite Arrowverse shows other than Legends of tomorrow because I mean you look at Supergirl and it was on I believe like CBS or ABC or something like that it was canceled after one season and the CW brought it over and we got to see this totally different like shift I mean I didn't really watch much of season one because after the first couple episodes it kind of lost me because of the way that the parent production company had kind of done it but then they bring it over into the CW and boom you know we've got we're five series or five seasons in now Mm -hmm. we get to see Supergirl in season five with no skirt which it looks amazing, yeah. I was looking at some pictures and I'm like, now that is a character that I can get behind right there.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, the costume looks really good. I mean, it kind of bothers me that it doesn't have the red underoos. Which, right. I mean, granted, that might not work on a female yeah. character, if we're really being honest. The Superman costume without the red near the like that area the, yeah. always looks just barren and lifeless. Yeah. Like, it, it just never... Like, the only time it ever worked was, like, Annihilator Superman in the 90s. And I mean... And, like, he was supposed to be a freaky alien you didn't like... And
0: and I mean even with that you know we've got DC kind of the TV universe heading in a better direction which is awesome and we have writers and directors and you know all these people behind the scenes that really make that happen and I guess one of my more favorite ones would be John Favreau because he's done so much just in oh, yeah. the you know the Marvel to, I guess the universe in general I mean from acting as happy in the Spider-Man and Iron Man series to I mean even just looking in what he does in general as a writer and director director of the Lion King I mean Writer of the freaking the Mandalorian Star Wars series that's yeah. on Disney Plus, which was already renewed that, has that already for season out? two. No, it, it actually launches in November oh, okay. when the series or the the okay. platform launches. Right. And it's already like before the platform's launched and the series launches. Like, hey, John Favreau, you've done such a good job. Season well, two.
1: I mean, I I don't don't take this as me saying I don't think John Favreau did a good job or that he's not going to do a good job. Because I mean, the show hasn't come out yet. But you can't really judge. How how the quality of a series based on whether or not it gets a second season right. before it airs, because that's actually a really common practice in television true. right now, especially for streaming. Because the idea is, if it is successful, we have to already be starting on season two, yeah. so we can continue to ride that success train. That is true. And then true. if it's not, yeah. we can at least squeeze a little bit of money out of it from season two yeah. before we just cancel it entirely.
0: I mean, they did the same thing with Titans. I mean, yeah. before Titans came out, I mean, I think Doom Patrol is kind of in that similar area. Right. I mean, you look at a lot of those shows, and it's like, hey, yeah. we've already got a season two coming because right. I mean that is correct I mean riding that success you don't want hype to die down like with right. with like the Winona Earp series on sci-fi and how IDW put it on production hold for like six months because they didn't have the budget and I mean granted they probably didn't lose a lot of hype from it but I mean you yeah. can easily lose a lot of fan base and a lot of you know hype of people interested in watching the series if you wait too long to well, I, get absolutely. another season uh, out. The,
1: the best example of this that comes to my mind is Attack on Titan it was so big in 2000 2013, Absolutely huge. Like, biggest anime series of the year. And then they just waited, like, three years to make season two. And it just never got that big again. Yeah. Like, I was honestly surprised to hear it had season three. Like, not surprised it got a season three, but surprised season three was had been announced. Yeah. Like, that's how irrelevant it's kind of ended up becoming, which is a shame. It's a good show.
0: Yeah. I remember hearing a lot about Attack on Titan when it first came out. And then after that, it's like it died off. Because well, yeah, so, yeah.
1: it just didn't, they didn't keep the hype going now which is why these shows get immediately renewed
0: yeah before they even come out i mean you gotta if they're successful you got to be able to right. pump out that content in enough I mean, time to make it more successful right. so you know that stuff's always interesting and you know just getting to see that stuff and kind of behind the scenes with it it's it's really cool i mean you know there's lots of stuff in the pipeline a lot of stuff that's yeah. coming and i'm I mean, super excited there's to a see lot what of stuff do. that goes
1: into the film industry yeah. and the way this works it doesn't mean the mandalorian isn't gonna be good
0: oh yeah i, mean, I have a feeling it's probably, gonna be pretty it'll good.
1: probably yeah. be pretty good
0: <laughs> i mean i guess we'll see um i'll probably have to go see The Lion King and see how Jon Favreau kind of handles that and then you well, know mean, decide he did, hey yeah. he did a
1: pretty good job with The Jungle Book yeah like the, I mean The Jungle book's probably like the Second best one of these live action remakes so far. Yeah, I don't. Know, to me, the more different these movies are, the better they are.
0: Speaking of live action debuts, I think I'm, if I'm getting this right, they're actually talking about a Treasure Planet. They're planning on doing a Treasure Planet live action film that is actually looking at casting Tom Holland as the lead character. That was another that thing I found could interesting. Be
1: interesting. Yeah. Right. Though I'm not sure how to feel about
0: that. Right. It just it leaves us like okay.
1: Treasure Planet was, was like
0: one of my big films I mean, when I was I, going I Treasure Planet yeah. 2, don't get
1: me wrong. Yeah. But the thing about taking an animated movie and adapting it into live action is that you're always fighting an uphill battle.
0: Yeah, because
1: true. the point of an adaptation into a different medium is to bring what that medium can offer to it. Good example of this is The Lion King on Broadway. You have The Lion King, classic animated movie, and then you want to bring it to Broadway. And so Julie Taymor, the director of the stage show, added all this like African puppetry and Asian puppetry and these amazing designs and incredible life to the stage show and makes it a sight to behold. And so it kind of brings that to it. But the problem with taking an animated film and ta- putting it in live action is you're ultimately making it less capable of being fantastic. Like, and, and I don't mean like fantastic is in terms of good. I mean, fantastic is in terms of like amazement, like imagination, because you will always be able to do more with animation than you will with live action.
0: That's true. I mean, CGI and stuff. I mean, just the stop motion stuff that they do nowadays. I mean, it's it's getting there. And I mean, when I'd seen yeah. the Jungle Book and stuff, I was like, whoa, like this is this is crazy. Even like Mowgli or Mogul or whatever that I didn't know they had come up. With a film with that. And I mean, just looking at all the stuff that goes behind that to do the, the specific characters as these animals, I mean, it's really cool to see. I mean, you look at things like Planet of the Apes or Dawn of the Planet yeah, of the Apes. I mean, you a can lot see of, all yeah. that stuff. It's like I mean, yeah, that's whoa. good.
1: But at the same time, like yeah. you got it's not really about the technology, it's more about the fact that you're trying to make it realistic. Right. Like if you try to make a realistic version of Bugs Bunny, that dynamite blows him up. Yeah. <laughs> is kind of the thing. Yeah. And it's like he dies because the dynamite blows him up. Yeah. Like I've heard they're talking about making a live-action. Tom and Jerry movie.
0: Oh god. And it's
1: like how does that even how does work? Because, like yeah. so much of Tom and Jerry is the comedic slapstick of the crazy shapes they end up in yep. and like the <laughs> amount of damage they can take and that works because it's animated. That is true. But like if you make that live action, you're taking away so much of that. Yeah, that creative. Or you're just going to have it, them do that anyway and then the question is why is it live action?
0: Yeah. Sure. I mean that's fair. But I mean kind of closing out that I uh, definitely want to do my weekly shout out that I've been doing So this weekly shout out goes to I Hate Nate Club on Instagram. He had proposed this topic for this weekly shout out, which was he asked me about if I could talk about the Area 51 raid and why people are wanting to do this, whether it's a joke, what's really going on with it. And I figured, hey, why not dive into that? I'm actually doing a YouTube video on my comic book channel, Comic Comics, about Area 51 in general. So I'm like, why not talk about this Area 51 raid? You know, with that, you know, let's talk a little bit bit about that. I mean, I want to let you guys know, for those of you who do not know, that Area 51 is actually an outpost of the Edwards Air Force Base in California. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's quite office in Nevada. Getting to Area 51 in general, kind of a challenge in its own. I mean, you yeah, got to look mean, at Nevada. I think it's go got like, like
1: a, miles of desert. Yeah.
0: Nevada's got what? Like th- a population of like 3 million. And there's like close to a million people that are, you know, yeah. wanting to do this yeah. Area 51 Yeah, yeah. Air quotes wanted or yeah, claimed to do. Yeah, I mean it's, you look at all that and it's like whoa, like I mean, just infrastructure in general, the closest city, Las Vegas, it, I mean, they're not gonna be able to handle that. I mean, that's eight hundred thousand right. people well, I mean, max right there that live in the city. Right. Like, but
1: again, I it's very unlikely this yeah, is gonna actually no. happen. Yeah, at least more of a at least joke. in those numbers. I yeah. can easily imagine a few hundred people, maybe even a few thousand, showing up. Yeah, there. It's not gonna be a million.
0: I mean, it'd probably be it's, more of like a barbecue party type thing yeah. than a like, hey, let's go it's, raid area fifty one. Even
1: then I could easily see this like like basically just being, like, a couple guys who end up doing something stupid. Yeah. And it's, like, it's a very odd thing to me. Yeah. Because on the one hand, one thing I kind of see a lot of people talking about with this is they're, like, and I, I don't want to get, like, too political here. Yeah. But, like, so a lot of people are, like, talking about, like, how once people, like, go there, the military's going to, like, shoot them and attack them. Sh- yeah, shoot them, pepper I mean, spray them, they're invading, them. Yeah. A, they're trying to invade a military base containing U.S. military secrets. Yeah. Not aliens. Yeah. <laughs> just want to get that out of the way. Okay. Yeah, And, I mean, yeah, they they know they're going to get shot if they try to approach this place, but at the same time, isn't it kind of weird that, like, the government would shoot them? I mean, like, that's kind of messed up when you think about it. I've heard of
0: cases, a lot of, you know, witness accounts where people, they actually end up wandering on to Area 51 past the perimeter, mm-hmm. and, I mean, you, you're past this area of, like, we will shoot you, like, signs and fences yeah. and stuff, we will shoot you if you're trespassing, and, I mean, there are accounts where, you know, a lot of times people don't actually get shot, they get turned around, they get sighted, they get fined, mm-hmm. all the time. That other stuff. So I mean, yeah, in well, that no, sense, obviously it's they're like, not. Hey. Gonna-
1: but i mean like help, we're talking help. about a situation where like millions of, these people yeah. are like running at the place yeah, charging intent it. on getting in yeah like at least somebody i don't know again i'm not too sure about whether or not this is going to actually happen the way it's being described But right. it's certainly not going to happen the way it's going to be described but no. i don't it's kind of hard for me to imagine that people will actually like charge the base. charge it
0: yeah like, like they're trying to storm a castle or something yeah. yeah i mean the problem with that in general i mean is that the base is and it's only a certain you know size i mean you you look at the perimeter, or, you, or when you look at the perimeter of the base, the perimeter of the base pretty much triples the size of the actual base. So finding the base in general is going to be a challenge in itself, especially if you're trying to charge it at night. Not only that, but they've got private military security as well as military, yeah. a couple thousand, you know, military. Troops from other bases yeah. coming to defend this well, perimeter. Yeah,
1: that's, that's the other thing is like you're you're kind of that's the other thing that kind of takes away from the viability of this is you're yeah. basically telling them you're coming. Yeah, so we which, prepare
0: for us. Yeah. yeah, it's like like okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just get a couple a couple thousand troops over <laughs> there. Right. I mean, private security. Honestly,
1: I think the funniest thing about all of this is this of like the way it started is like somebody was like, "We should all like invade Area 51. They can't stop all of us." And it's like, really? Cause they've been spending like 500 billion a year, like, I'm really sure they can. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> Your taxpayer dollars at work, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. It'll be interesting to
0: see what they do with that, considering, I mean, even if you get past this thousands of security, you know, private and military, I mean, you gotta find the base in general in the middle of the night, which, I mean, it's in the middle of the desert, and then on top of that... I mean,
1: honestly, in the middle of the day would probably be even worse, because just cause of the, the
0: yeah, heat. Yeah, the heat in general, I mean, and then the fact that this is a place where they test military-grade weapons, So, I mean, there's probably some biohazard material in that space. Not about biohazard, but like radioactive stuff. Yeah, radioactive stuff, stuff, yeah. I don't
1: don't think we're testing out bioweapons because they don't really work out.
0: I mean, but anything like that, I mean, you know, you could wander in, you could. Come across some kind of testing facility, and boom. I mean, if you don't get shot, if you don't get tased, if you don't get pepper sprays or beaten, you could possibly go home with some kind of radiation poisoning. So it's like, again, there aren't
1: aliens. Yeah. Like, they're just testing like weapons. Yeah.
0: And, I mean, just look at a lot of the celebrities that are behind this, too, which is insane. I mean, I was looking at some of the ones that are like, oh, yeah, let's go, raid Area 51. Yeah. I mean, like, those are
1: the people you know for a fact yeah. aren't showing oh, up. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's more you know, of a joke, is,
0: if anything. More,
1: like, this is just kind of what advertising yourself on social media yep. has to be. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know? It's the trend right now, and everybody's like, let's raid Area 51. So all the celebrities are like, I'll be there, even though they probably won't. Right. But, hey, you know, if you guys want to have an Area 51 party, I'm totally down. I'll show <laughs> up. I'm not raiding Area 51. No, I- Honestly, that
1: might actually be kind of fun. Right? Like Area 51. If, like thousands of people show up and we're just gonna have, like, up like a cookout. Yeah. Like, a barbecue. Yeah. Like, the soldiers get involved. We just all have a great time. Yeah, the Area 51 barbecue. That can, that can barbecue. easily turn into a great tradition. Yeah. You know? It's yeah. like, every year, we go to Area 51 and just have a blast. Have a barbecue, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: could definitely be interesting. <laughs> but with that, I mean, that kind of wraps us up for time today. I wanted to thank all of you for joining in with us today here at the Comic Cast. I hope you learned a thing or two. I know that I definitely did don't forget to like and subscribe to my youtube channel comic comics as well as check out my instagram page at comic comics underscore official plug to continue the conversations that we've had today whether it's about the area 51 barbecue or if it's (laughs) anything about spider-man far from home comic series i mean anything like that tv shows etc i'll have some posts put up so that we can just enjoy the conversation as always this is ryan
1: and i'm sebastian and
0: and this this is the the comic Comic Cast. cast